some speculate that because Iran has the ring of fire or terrorist proxies surrounding Israel, that she will be pulled into a multi-front war threatening her very existence. Well, the question then becomes, will Israel be destroyed in this or any other conflict? Have you ever heard of the Samson option? Well, we'll analyze and answer these and many other questions on today's edition of The End Time Show. The current conflict between Israel, Hamas, and really even broader than that, Iran and the United States, shows the importance of Bible prophecy. And we may not always understand every political, religious, or military maneuver or ideology of the conflict, but we can know the end game, right? Now, let's get deep off into this. Before we do, We've got a few companies that we partner with, and I want to mention one of them, and that would be First Cup Coffee Company. And of course, as you can imagine, we are essentially working around the clock to keep up with the war and, and um, different things happening over in Israel, and we're certainly energized and motivated by our God-given purpose, but thankfully, we're also being fueled by this First Cup Coffee, and it's actually pretty good coffee. First Cup Coffee isn't woke, and they haven't tried to rewrite our history or lobbied to defund our military. And they're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas. And they have 11 different roasts. It's really good. And e each one is named after a specific piece of American history. So go to firstcup.com. Use the code ENDTIME to get 10% off. And if you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com. Use the code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Now... You know that the next two things on God's prophetic timeline is the Sixth Trumpet War, World War III, and an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. We also know, beyond all doubt, Israel will never be destroyed in a future war. Well, think about this. I actually went and got my hair cut today, and my barber asked me, Hey, Dave, what have you been up to? And I told him my experience over the last couple of weeks. Hey, we were stuck in Israel during the state of war, and um, it was the, you know, the worst terror attack Israel's ever known in her history. And he didn't even know that there was a conflict going on between Israel and Hamas. I said, where have you been? It's on every, the front of every newspaper. But he's into playing video games and all this other nonsense, and has no clue there's a, there, I don't even know if he knows about Russia and Ukraine, but to me, not to know about the Israeli and what's going on with Israel and Hamas, potentially pointing us towards a World War III, maybe, he had no clue. And I said, Viet, what, where have you been, man? I mean, uh, did you fly in from another planet today? I, 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 was, I couldn't believe it. So we've got to talk about this. Infowars. They published an article, and it talked about how Mark Levine was on Fox News, and he's talking about Israel's Samson option. And he's urged Israel to consider firing off their entire nuclear arsenal if they're threatened. Well, 
you say, what in the world's that all about? Well, I'm going to get off into it today because I want you to understand why nobody really wants to mess with Israel. I can't believe that Hamas is, that they would even think about it. Israel has a nuclear installation located in southern Israel in the Negev Desert. And although people will deny that Israel has nuclear generated electricity, they say, Jane's intelligence report stated all the way back in 1995 that satellites had found out about 200 nuclear installations ringing the area of Jerusalem in the area of Judea. And Israel has stated that she will never use her nuclear weapons offensively, but she has reserved the right to use them defensively. And there is a great pressure throughout the world for Israel to sign this a uh, nuclear non-proliferation proliferation treaty, but she has refused. And <clears throat> this is known as the Samson option, uh, which is Israel's nuclear deterrent. Well, this means nothing if you don't know who Samson is, right? Now, I'm going to go into Samson's story because you've got to understand what Samson's all about, or the, the Samson options mean nothing. But before I do, many of you have asked, what do we do per to prepare for the end time? Well, one thing you could do is go to Ready Pantry. As Americans, we want to believe that the grocery stores are always going to be there because this stuff, like I just found over the last couple weeks, this stuff could happen immediately, right? We found out during COVID. And we've all, we'd, we'd always like to believe that the groceries are always going to be there. And, and, but as we saw, again, over the last couple weeks, last few years, the supply chain could quickly collapse. Food supplies could diminish. So we should pray for the best and prepare for the worst. What, what if there was a way to have an affordable three-month energy emergency supply of food? Be awesome, wouldn't it? Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime offers amazing 25-year shelf-stable food and includes meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even dessert. Not to mention the peace of mind you get knowing you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything. A, a power outage, hurricanes, grid collapses like in Texas and Ohio, rolling blackouts like in California, war, the list goes on and on. Ready Pantry is an American-based company with all products sourced here in America. You're not going to be disappointed. Many long-term food storage companies on the internet are selling products that have been sitting in the warehouse for up to 10 years. But Ready Pantry is delivering the freshest product that was packaged within a couple months of being delivered to your home. And Ready Pantry offers discounts of up to 20% off for their 3 to 12 month supply. So go to readypantry.com slash endtime and use the code endtime and save an additional 10% off your order. Plus free shipping on all orders and stock your pantry with buy now, pay later options available at the checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. And hey, you say, well, why, why do you guys... Uh, why, are you, why are you going through all this stuff on the program? You're taking up the time. This stuff helps to support the ministry. So go there, purchase the products, and let's all stay prepared um, for these end times, right? Now, what's the Samson all about? Well, many of you would know this, but I want to make sure the ones that don't, because we're talking about Israel's Samson option. Samson was a legendary judge in Israel approximately 3,000 years ago-ish. In the days of Samson, Judges 13, 1, 
It says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Judges 13, 24 says, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. An angel appeared unto Manoah and his wife. This would be Samson's father. And he told them that their son would be Israel's deliverer. He gave them instructions for raising him. The son was born, they called his name Samson, and they obeyed the Lord's commandments. And when he was old enough, the Spirit of God began to move on Samson from time to time. Well, in spite of his anointing, after a while, Samson began to disobey and not always do what was right. And he didn't always pay attention to his parents because they told him not to go down to the land of the Philistines to get a girlfriend. And they told him only to marry someone who shared his faith. The Bible says to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Well, it, it, it's going to cause a lot of problems, right? I mean, if we ignore this instruction. So, the problem is, Samson, he saw those dark-skinned Philistine girls and that they were beautiful, and he was very attracted to them. And he found one, and he decided to take her for a wife. And so, over the course of time, different things happened, and Samson, he put forth a riddle to the Philistines. Just kind of, you know, messing around one day, he puts forth a riddle. He, said, he told them, he said, if you can answer my riddle, I'll give you 30 changes of raiment, and if not, you give me 30 changes. Well, they couldn't answer his riddle, and his wife-to-be kept praying on him to, give, to, tell him her, to tell her his secret. She kept saying, Samson, if you love me, you'll tell me. The secret of his strength, which was his long hair. Well, he finally told her the secret to his riddle um, over time, but she said, um, and he found some honey inside a lion, and the riddle went something like, uh, out of the eater came forth meat, out of the strong came forth sweetness. And he finally told his wife, and, and the Philistines came and said, well, what is stronger than a lion, and what is sweeter than honey? Well, he knew that they had been talking to his wife. So he was very angry. And Samson had to give 30 changes of raiment to the Philistines. So he went back later to get his wife, and he said, and her dad said, I thought you hated her because she told your riddle. I gave her to someone else. Now think about that. Well, this made Samson so mad that he captured 300 foxes, tied their tails together, and he put a firebrand between them, and he, he turned them loose. And they ran out through the fields of corn uh, that belonged to the Philistines, and the cornfields were all set on fire. Now remember, this is the guy that's supposed to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Well, the Philistines discovered that it was Samson that had set fire to the cornfields. They sent word to Israel, who was weak, that they needed to deliver Samson to them, or they would go to war against them. Well, the man came to Samson and he said, what do we do? We've got to give you up, or else they're going to come down on us and invade us. Samson said, hey, just tie me up, but just promise me you won't fall on me yourself. Well, they promised. They tied him up and led him down to the land of the Philistines. Well, when they, when they came to get him, the Spirit of God moved on Samson. He broke loose from the ropes like they were just uh, threads. 
and he grabbed the jawbone of an ass and he killed a thousand Philistines that day. Well, the problem is Samson didn't learn from this lesson. And he went back down to Gaza where he met Delilah. And he laid his head up on her lap and she sweet-talked him and tried to get him to tell her the secret of his strength and his power, which was his hair. He said, finally, he told her, he said, if you'll cut my hair off over the course of time, I'm not going to go through the whole event here, but if you'll cut my hair off, <clears throat> I'll be like any other man. Well, this was the covenant that God had given to his parents. While he was asleep, crazy Delilah took the razor and shaved his hair off. And she then called out, she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon you. And he shook himself as though to fight another time, but his strength had departed from him. So Samson disobeyed God and his strength left him. And so they tied his hands behind his back and led him away. And they cruelly put out his eyes and they took him down to grind grain like an ox. Well, he walked around and around day after day, pulling the millstone as the Philistines took revenge on this great deliverer of Israel. Well, Samson was the strongest man who ever lived. His strength was a supernatural gift from God. And through his disobedience, his strength went away. Well, the Bible says the gifts and callings are, are, of God are without repentance, right? So as time passed, Several years later, the lords of the Philistines came together for this yearly celebration. They hosted the event in like a large um, amphitheater, what we would call like a, a stadium or something today, similar. And they decided that it would be wonderful to rejoice because the god Dagon had delivered their tormentor into their hands. They owed all these generals and uh, politicians and different people were gathered around and they ordered Samson to be brought before them. They were going to mock him. They were going to make fun of him. He was now blind. He was being led uh, by his hands. But his hair had begun to grow back and it had now become shaggy. So Samson felt terrible because he had failed. He had, and, and it was all his fault that this paganism had prevailed over the people of Israel. So he prayed a prayer and he asked God to help give him his strength back one more time. And as the Philistines were mocking and cheering, he asked a young man that was standing beside him to lead him to the pillars of the, that held up the entire place. He said, lead me to these pillars that I might lean up against them. Well, he prayed to God and this is in Judges 16, 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Well, God allowed his spirit to move on Samson one more time. He pushed against the pillars of the house with all of his might, and Samson's strength returned and the pillars come crashing down. Everyone in the attendance died. He killed 3,000 in his death, which was more than he had killed during his lifetime. So in other words, Samson knew that he was facing death, so he made sure that he took everyone with him. Now let's go back 
to what Mark Levine said earlier about the Samson option and Israel, if they're threatened, they need to unleash their nuclear arsenal. Well, <clears throat> analysts compare the case of Israel and what happened with Samson uh, to this story for a reason. Israel has always considered its nuclear arsenal to be the last resort of defense. Deployment at, of this last line of defense, this arsenal, would mean tearing down the main pillars of the Temple of Israel, their nuclear policy, secrecy, and the signaling. The date, it, to date, Israel has not faced a threat so dire that it required deployment of nuclear weapons. I said, to date, they haven't. But just like Samson, if Israel is faced with an existential threat, she has the ability to take everyone down with her, and that is called the Samson option. And this is what Mark Levine was referring to earlier on Fox News. Because what's going on in Israel right now is <clears throat> a horrific situation, but it, is, it has been planned for quite some time. I've talked about the ring of fire on this program for well over a year now, about maybe a couple years, about Iran uh, building this ring of fire around Israel and Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, uh, down in Yemen and in Gaza. And now it appears as if they're closing in on Israel. Hez Hamas in the south, Hezbollah in the north, and now we've got the United States with uh, the Gerald R. Ford and I think Eisenhower, these big battleships are sitting out in the Mediterranean Sea warning Iran, if anybody else comes in, then we're going to protect Israel. And Iran is saying that, hey, we're going, if you go in boots on the ground, then we're going, this will expand into other countries. And I mean, it's just a horrible mess what's going on. And it's just the beginning. It's not going to go away tomorrow. So, as a result of that, the questions are flying, folks. I mean, will this lead to World War III? That's one question we have to ask. And there is a possibility of that. Now, again, let me go to one of our sponsors real quickly and make sure that you guys, uh, you know, at least kind of consider this, and then I'll dive back off into this. I want to talk to you really quick about Birch Gold. A lot of people want to know. It's one of the main questions I get. What do we do with our money? I'm not telling you what to do with your money, but the, the, the world government enthusiasts, they want to impose, impose these central bank digital currencies, digital IDs on their respective populations. And they could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products. They're programmable or easily freeze or seize part of or all of your money. Remember the truckers in Canada. Well, in essence, they enable the government to take more control over your finances. And concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of the Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, or go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free kit uh, on an info kit on gold. If you have an IRA or a, or a 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold. 
and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Go to birchgold.com slash endtime, claim your free info kit on gold, because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may wish you had some gold to fall back on, right? Now, Al Jazeera, they've reported, when he talked about this ring of fire, Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah, when, when I'm, a, I'm answering the question here, could the current conflict between Israel and Hamas, could that lead to World War III? Many people are speculating. I mean, like I said, the questions are just flying everywhere. Well, Al Jazeera reported that Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has warned Israel that it must pull back from its attacks on Gaza or face the possibility of an expanded conflict. Remember, uh, Israel was supposed to go in boots on the ground. They were talking about it before we left Israel on Sunday. So they, I think they were talking about it on Friday, and our tour guide was saying, hey, they're holding, he said, now this, he was kind of trying to be comical. He said, they're just holding off to wait till you guys get out of the country. But now here we are, Tuesday afternoon, and they still haven't went in yet. And so it's because Khomeini has said that you hold back from their tax on Gaza or you face a possibility of an expanded conflict, even that when you guys get enmeshed in that conflict in the south, Hezbollah will come in from the north. That's what people are watching. Remember, it's this ring of fire to spread Israel's army out all over and make them very weak. Well, but remember the Samson option I just talked about with this nuclear arsenal that Israel has. So, speaking on today, Khomeini accused Israel of committing genocide in its assault on the besieged Gaza Strip. You know, that's just pure craziness. But he added that the Iran-backed forces across the region would not sit on the sidelines indefinitely. If the crimes, he says, of the Zionist or the Israeli regime continue, Muslims and resistant forces will become impatient and no one can stop them. He's kind of Apollo. Well, no one's going to be able to stop them. Well, Khomeini, I don't think you understand the strength of Israel. I don't think you understand the United States' resolve to protect Israel. I hope Biden's just not paying lip service to all of this. And Khomeini, you don't know God. Therefore, you don't understand the situation, Khomeini. You may think you've got this thing in control, and you may think you're threatening Israel, but there's a God that's got his eye on Israel. He drew Israel back together as a nation after World War II. And Khomeini, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop that. You know, when everybody takes God out of the equation, wow, I would hate to live life like that. Well, that's what Khomeini's doing. He's thinking, well, I've got, the, I've got all these terrorist proxies. I've got Israel surrounded, and I've got, I'm the, got the upper hand. No, you don't, Khomeini. Nothing compares to God. There's no power. He's got all power. What could you do against him? So that's what you're fighting when you're fighting Israel. The Bible says God's going to come back someday and fight specifically on behalf of Israel. I wouldn't want to go against her. So he goes on, um, he goes on to say, any ground operation... This is by Al Jazeera. Any ground operation by Israel into Gaza, starting such an operation, 
that could be a trigger for other armed groups to join the war. That's from Mujab Zawiri. He's a professor at Qatar, uh, Qatar University. Uh, he told Al Jazeera that. So, and also the United States has sought to deter Iran-backed groups from joining the war. They've moved two aircraft carriers to the eastern uh, Mediterranean, and they're putting 2,000 of its troops on deployment alert. And Israel's warned that any part of the, any party that joins the fighting will pay a heavy price. So, by they will pay a heavy price by the widening of the conflict could also cause um, considerable problems for Israel, which would be faced with the prospect of barrages of missiles from Hezbollah's considerable arsenal and a two-front war that could stretch the capacity of its forces. So this move could bring the United States and potentially Russia and China into the war. Now at that point, we're at World War III. Now when I was in Israel, I told you that I asked our guide, it, will Israel go after really the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that's Iran? I mean, honestly, folks, what's going on? Imagine an elephant standing here <coughs> and a mosquito is nipping at the elephant. Well, that's really what's going on with Hamas and Hezbollah. Iran is the elephant. I'm sorry. Israel's uh, the elephant. And really, Iran is the head of the snake here. They're just kind of, I mean, Israel could wipe out Hamas and Hezbollah right now. But until they take out the head of the snake, they're never going to go away. Well, our guide said, no, they will not go after Iran because that would lead to World War III in basically tomorrow morning. And so the thing is, is that it's very important that we understand from a biblical perspective that there is a World War III coming and that this World War III happens before the Great Tribulation. The timing of all of this is really coming down here. So Revelation 9, 13 through 16, it says, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard the, the voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. So the four angels have been prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year. And they were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen were 200 million. This is a World War III scenario. It emanates from the Middle East region, the Euphrates River region, housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. I understand, like I've said before, I understand Russia and Ukraine, and I understand uh, China and Taiwan. I know all about those conflicts. But the thing is, the Bible specifically says, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. What's going on right now in Israel certainly could lead to World War III. It's not that yet, because there isn't enough casualties. But there's coming a war in the very near future when it will destroy one-third of the world's population. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 end time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You know, everybody, uh, we talk about this World War III. It's almost like we've talked about it so much that it has become um, kind of, you know, it's just like common. But let the gravity of that set in on you for just a second. You say, Dave, you're trying to scare us. I'm not trying to scare you. But we do not teach prophecy to scare people. However, <clears throat> I want to make sure that we know where we're at on God's prophetic timeline. We know what's coming. We know that this war, this conflict going on that kicked off the first Saturday that we were in Israel, that it certainly could lead to World War III. If Israel was to go after the head of the snake and say, okay, we're done with this ring of fire situation, Hezbollah, Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and all the rest of them, the Houthis down in Yemen, and the terrorist factions in Iraq, and everything going on, the stuff up in Syria, we're done. But we'll never be completely done with it unless we deal with Iran, who is trying to really establish Sharia law globally and preparing the world for their Mahdi or the, the 12th Imam to come and you know, create peace in the world and have the, the Muslim uh, world view. And that's really what they're doing. They want to implement Sharia law, and they see the United States, big Satan, and Israel, little Satan, standing in the way of that. Go all the way back to Ahmadinejad and listen to some of his speeches. This is a religious thing to them. And so until someone takes care of Iran, Israel's going to have to deal with this mess. And so that, I mean, if that situation were to kick off, then we would head straight off into World War III. I don't want World War III to happen, but according to the Bible, Revelation 9, 13 through 21, it's going to happen. And so we're getting the question a lot. Could this be the one? It, it certainly could be. I don't know. It could go away. We speculated back when, back when ISIS uh, was here, when they were tearing down Palmyra and everything they were doing, that they were cutting people's heads off and everything, that that could lead to it. 
I don't know which conflict will lead to it, but it's going to come from the Euphrates River region, and Iran is certainly going to be uh, certainly there, right? And they're, they're not going away. The Ayatollahs have started this since back in the late 70s. And a lot of people think we're already have been in World War III for quite some time, but it just hasn't come to the point where it would lead to mass casualties. The second question that we have to answer is because a lot of people are asking that. I've seen articles where people are saying, this is the Gog and Magog war. So that's my next question. Will this conflict, is it the Gog and Magog war, <clears throat> or will this conflict lead to the Gog and Magog war of Ezekiel 38? The answer is no, it will not. This is not the Gog and Magog war. Ezekiel chapter 38, in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 38, Ezekiel is describing a future attack on Israel by Gog and Magog, which is Russia. And the mainly Islamic countries of Persia, which is Iran, portions of northern Iraq, Iraq and Afghanistan. In, the, in that chapter, it talks about Kush, which is Ethiopia, Sudan. Put, which is... Um, that would be what, Libya and, uh, you know, possibly Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco in there. Um, Gomer, Eastern Europe. The house of Togarma, which is Turkey, uh, Turkey and um, Armenia. Turkey has been until recently, an, uh, until the last several years, I guess, an ally of Israel. But today, Islam, again, has become an increasing influence there. And so... You know, when you look at Ezekiel 38, though, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the Battle of Armageddon. It's not even time for that yet. The, the World War III, uh, the Six Trumpet War, that happens before the Great Tribulation. The Battle of Armageddon happens at the very end of the Great Tribulation. So, no, this is not the Gog and Magog War. You say, well, there's two Gog and Magog Wars. No, there's going to be one. It's the Battle of Armageddon. What about Gog and Magog in Revelation chapter 20? That's the end of the 1,000 year millennial reign. The Bible says that Satan's loosed to go forth to deceive the nations again, to bring them back down Jerusalem to battle, but there's no battle. The Bible says God simply, can, he's done with war. Remember, he's established his kingdom here on the earth. And the Bible says he simply consumes them with a fire from heaven and the earth is prepared. That's the end of the human existence and the earth is prepared for the, the great white throne of judgment. So the final battle on earth is the battle of Armageddon. That happens at the very end of the great tribulation period. So this current conflict, number one, it's not Ezekiel chapter 38. Number two, it is not going to lead to that because it's not, we're, we're at least seven years from the battle of Armageddon yet. And so it's not time for the Battle of Armageddon. This conflict certainly could lead to um, this Six Trumpet War. Now, the third question I need to probably answer is, is this the Battle of Armageddon? Well, I just proved to you that it wasn't. However, when I said the Battle of Armageddon is, it's not time for that yet. How in the world do I know that? Well, 
because if you look at the six vials of the, the seven vials of the wrath of God in Revelation 16, the very first vial of the wrath of God is poured out upon those who received the mark of the beast during the great tribulation period. It can't start before that. It can't start halfway through. It has to start at the very end because the first vial poured out upon those who received the mark of the beast during the great tribulation. Then, it ha then at the very end, the Bible says, now go pour out the vials upon the first vial upon those. It's going to be a griefsome and noisome sore on all those that received the mark of the beast during the great tribulation. So it happens right there at the very end. And then it goes down through there. The, um, the waters turn to blood. The rivers are turned to blood. The Antichrist kingdom turns dark. The sun's given power to scorch men. Uh, all kinds of horrific things. <coughs> and, excuse me, and the, it's all localized right there in Israel. We can prove that the Sixth Trumpet War, it starts in the Euphrates River region, but it goes out around the world. It spreads out. So it's not time for the Battle of Armageddon. And then, of course, after the sixth vial is poured out, which is where the Euphrates River is dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against Israel to battle. Then it says, uh, verse 15 says, I'm in Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I come as a thief. This is when the rapture, the second coming happens. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth his garment, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. And then the very next verse says, and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. It's up in the plain of Megiddo in the north of Israel. And then they fight valiantly down the Jordan Valley up into the Kidron Valley right there at the gates of Jerusalem. That's when Zechariah 14 says, the Lord will come back, plant his feet upon the Mount of Olives and fight on behalf of Israel. That doesn't happen until the end of the great tribulation period. That's Revelation 16. The Sixth Trumpet War happens before the Great Tribulation period. And <clears throat> so it's not, this current conflict is not the Battle of Armageddon. It's not Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is the Battle of Armageddon. And it is not Zechariah um, 12, 13, and 14, which is the Battle of Armageddon. Now, next question. Uh, there are people that are saying, well, this isn't, this, well, this conflict with Hamas and Israel, this is an existential threat, uh, a, a, a life-threatening, a, 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 a nation of Israel ending. No more Israel. That's what's going on here. Okay. So the question then becomes, how do we know? Because I can say that that simply is not the case. It is horrific what's going on. But the question then becomes, how do we know that Israel will survive all the way to the end time? There's many ways to prove that. But let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Because Ezekiel 37 is a prophecy of the gathering back together of Israel that was scattered among the nations. We believe that it happened after World War II. So Ezekiel 37, listen at this closely, because once you, un this is why it's important to understand the prophecies of the Bible, under have a working knowledge of the Bible period, because it helps to calm things down. I know what's coming. I know what's going to happen. I know what's not going to happen. I don't understand every nuance of every maneuver that's happening in 
the Gaza Strip right now. Nobody on the planet does. And how everything's going to play out with that and with Hezbollah and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the Houthis and all these other terrorist factions, nobody knows how that's going to play out. There's a lot of speculation, and I'm reading articles and things, but believe me, day and night, our team is. But nobody knows yet. But if you understand the prophecies of the Bible, you know, how, you know what the end is going to look like. Ezekiel 37. The Bible says, I'm going to start with, I'll start with verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and brought me in the spirit of the Lord. And it set me in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. So he's seeing a big vision of a valley of dry bones. And the Bible says, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, they were very many in this big open valley, and indeed they were very dry. They'd been there for years, just dead, dry bones. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, I don't know. Oh Lord, only you know. And again he said to me, prophesy to these bones, Ezekiel, and say to them, O dry bones, hear thou the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you. Now Ezekiel's prophesying to these dry bones. I'm going to cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I'm going to put sinew on you, and flesh on the, on the bones, and cover you with skin, and put breath into you, and shall live. Then shalt thou know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel said, okay, and I, he prophesied, he, he said, um, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, as Ezekiel's preaching to this big valley of dry bones, he said, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone, ankle bone and shin bone and, and um, knee uh, kneecap or I guess there's not a, but the, the, the bones are coming together, okay? Hip bones, hip sockets, uh, the, the ribs and the whole nine yards. Well, Ezekiel said, indeed, as I looked, the sinew and the flesh came upon them. The skin covered them all over, but there was no breath in them. And the Lord said unto Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds of the old breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. This is a prophecy of Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones. But you're going to see on the other side of the break that this is the whole house of Israel. God's going to bring them back together. Not so that they would be scattered and lose their nation in the future, because this promise is an everlasting promise. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Now, we're answering the question, how do we know Israel's gonna be here all the way through? There's many ways to prove that. I'm taking you through Ezekiel 37. So Ezekiel said, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain bodies laying here that they may live. So Ezekiel said, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet as this exceeding great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves have been cut off. Now, I believe that this was the, Ezekiel was seeing a picture of the Holocaust here. But God's bringing them back together out of all their lands, and he's going he's to make them into a, a mighty force and he's gonna give them a land. The, um, in uh, verse 12 it says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from among your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. And I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live and I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Then they shall, then, the, if you jump down to uh, verse 25, it says, then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt, and they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children, here it is, forever. Now this is God speaking. It doesn't say until the Israel-Hamas conflict in 2023, did it? Uh-uh. It says, and they shall dwell there forever. And my servant David shall be the prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will establish um, them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in the midst for forevermore. 
My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God. They will be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. Now, it's a prophecy of the gathering back to the nation of a nation of Israel, back into their homeland, the promised land where Israel is today, after the Holocaust, and it happened May 14, 1948, when they declared their independence, Israel has the claim given to them by God right now to that land. And so I don't ever sit here and wonder, man, I wonder if Israel's going to be wiped off the face of the map. They're not. The Bible says at the time of the Battle of Armageddon, that half, they're going to, <clears throat> the uh, world governing armies are going to come down against Jerusalem to battle. And the Bible says half of the city will be captured. That means that up until that point, up until the Battle of Armageddon, Israel has even retained control of the entire city of Jerusalem. So Israel is never going to be wiped off the face of the map. Sorry, um, Khomeini. Sorry, uh, Iran. It's not going to happen. Sorry, Hamas. Sorry, Hezbollah. I don't care how many rockets that you've got lined up at Israel, they're never going to be wiped off the face of the map. And so it, it helps to ease my mind a little bit because I have many, 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 many friends over there. And we, our college is there, and a lot of different things are going to happen in the end time. I don't have to worry about, I don't like what's happening to Israel. I don't like the international community being against Israel and what they're doing. And they're just trying to defend himself. Is if Hamas would back off and leave him alone, if, if, well, it's too, maybe too late for that because they're going to rid the world of Hamas, it looks like. But if they would have left him alone before two Saturdays ago, and if Hezbollah would leave him alone, Iran would leave him alone, Israel, Israel would be content right there where they're at. But they won't because there's a, there is a devil out there that hates Israel, and he's never going to stop. And the final battle on earth, the battle of Armageddon, is really going to be a battle of Satan against God. And God's going to defeat him um, very handily, I might add. The next question becomes, is it possible the Israeli-Palestinian conflict could start World War III and a peace agreement could end it? Now, I want, to, I want you to hear this scenario because uh, if you understand what we teach here on the program that we don't know, the Bible teaches a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians in the near future, and it also teaches a World War III scenario, the Sixth Trumpet War. I cannot prove scripturally which one happens first, the war or the peace agreement. However, it appears, it's been our opinion for years now, that the war would happen first, then the peace agreement would take place, and that would start the final seven years. That the, the war would take place, and then the international community on the backside of that, we would move up into a fully functioning world governing body. The international community would look at Israel and say, you're going to sign a peace agreement with the Palestinians whether you want to or not. We're not going to have conflict. And 
then we would start the final seven years <clears throat> when those characteristics that are supposed to be involved are involved in it. However, I'm sitting here looking at this and with this conflict with, Ariz with uh, Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah, everything that's going on, the ring of fire, and is it possible that this scenario because of bringing maybe the United States, Russia, China, if they come in, could lead to a World War III scenario, that, that the Israel conflict with the Arabs be the one that leads to it, and then we have World War III, and then on the, the heels of that, they get a peace agreement signed, the Antichrist confirms the covenant with many, we move off into the final seven years. <clears throat> it's just a question that I wanted to pose today because I was thinking about that and I thought, man, I don't know what, I, I, I think the war, in my opinion, this is capital O opinion, that the war would happen first and then we would move straight off into uh, a peace agreement, then move into the final seven years. However, I was thinking, man, maybe it could be this conflict somehow that starts the war. We go to World War III and then that conflict, I mean, that, the solution to that conflict is the one that ends the war. At this point, I don't know, but man, I mean, it's, <laughs> if it's just kind of looking like that, isn't it? And we'll just have to keep that, uh, we'll just have to see what happens here. The next question is, because of the Samson option that I mentioned, and a lot of people want to know, will nuclear weapons be used in future wars? The question to that is a yes. Now, <clears throat> I don't like nuclear weapons, but if we didn't have nuclear weapons, I mean, imagine if Israel did not have nuclear weapons. Don't you think people would have tried to already come in and take over? I mean, imagine if the United States didn't have them, but yet Russia and China did have them. That's like saying uh, a gun-free zone here in America is the safest place you can be in. That's nonsense. Because when you take the guns away from everybody, imagine the gangs that are sitting out around here, especially here in Texas where we're from. Everybody coming across the border, the, the gun-free zones, that's like got a big target on it. Okay, it's not what I'm talking about, but it kind of is. So, I wish nobody had nuclear weapons. I mean, I wish there was no war. I wish we were already off into the kingdom of God and the millennial reign, but we're not. So, will nuclear weapons be used in a future war? Yes. Nuclear weapons are going to be used at, at the Battle of Armageddon. In Zechariah 14, 12, it teaches that there will be nuclear weapons at Armageddon, and it says, um, Zechariah 14, 12, and this is, the this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem, Battle of Armageddon, their flesh will consume away while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will consume away in their holes. Their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. According to all accounts of what happened at the people of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the flesh from the people's bodies melted away. Their, their eyes dropped out of their sockets. They were called ghost people. And they had just black sockets in their eyes. 
this is going to be the plague against everyone that invades Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon. Nuclear weapons. You, you know the Bible says that the elements will melt with a fervent heat. That's not going to be in the, the entire earth burning up. <coughs> if you understand the timing of it all, the earth's going to be here at least another thousand years. So if you understand the timing of all of this, you know that it's right here at the Battle of Armageddon. Nuclear weapons are going to be used. You say, well, what about World War III? It is possible that nuclear weapons could be used in World War III as well. The Bible says in Revelation 9, 13 through 21, and by these plagues, by these three were the men killed. Uh, and so we'll just have to see. I, I hope not, but I'm saying it looks like scripturally that that's the way it's going to be. And so it's at the Battle of Armageddon. Perhaps, I know it, it really, it appears from all we can see in scripture that nuclear weapons would be used there and that this could be when Israel would launch the Samson option that we talked about earlier in the program. So I hope you understand what's really kind of going on here with the ring of fire and everything going on prophetically. I, I, if I had time, I'm not going to have time now. I got about a minute left, but I was going to go into the prophecy of the green horse because Islam rising right now, and it's the spirit of the green horse riding throughout the earth. Iran's trying to implement Sharia law globally, and they're trying to set the stage for the, their Mahdi, or the 12th Imam. I'm going to write an article soon on that stuff, probably preach about it in my conferences next year, about really what's going on here. What's Iran trying to do? Iran's not going away. And so this conflict with them, so we really got to look into it some more. <clears throat> and I know that you guys are with us every step of the way because we're right here in the end times. We're not looking for the end times to begin. We're looking for the end time. We're, we're into the end times right now. We want to make sure we're prepared for the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.